Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. Hope all's well wherever you are this holiday season. Yeah, checker season. And we are deep into it now. Booze. Trying to not work so much, or at least not care so much about work. However, big exception to that rule I just laid out for you, the 15-minute NFL pregame show, week 15 edition, will be in your eyes, in your heart, and in your gut, and wherever else you want to stick it. Friday, wait, Thursday, right, Spaghetti, this week? Am I? Well, let's get the scheduling figured out here while we're kibitzing live on the air here. No, the pregame show is same time. We're going to be same time, uh, and the podcast oh. and, and this podcast we're recording right now will just release Wednesday. Okay, we're off to a great start. This is a I great don't know what's going podcast. on. I'm trying to figure out what I just tell you. I'm drunk and not trying to pay much attention to work. Well, you're pulling it off. All right, that's the voice you just heard, Eddie Spaghetti, who's behind the glass. He's feeling happy. He's off in Staten Island with his people. The entire pasta uh, clan has gathered together to celebrate the holidays or whatever they're doing up there. The rags, maybe they're riding high. Tommy DeVito. That's it. It's good times. They're eating cutlets and all the rest of it. And then you just heard the voice seated high atop show business. It's Kevin Hench. What's happening with you, fella? You ready oh. to complain? Well, listen, I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, the the beverages this time of year, you know, mm. kicking back with a cocktail. And I I do think like this past weekend, the football hangover is a lot like when you do two more shots on your way to out of the bar, like get, get over here. I'm like, no, I'm drunk. I don't. Why am I doing more shots with you idiots? Mm. And then because this last weekend was, of course, for for many of us, uh, do or die to get into the fantasy playoffs, and then and then of course a uh, uh, a Thursday to Monday with two games Monday night with all kinds of implications fantasy and otherwise. So by the end, I want somebody if anybody has the answer, put a pin in this Eddie Spaghetti. Does anybody on this broadcast after Hench finishes his current thought know what the point of the side by side double header is on Monday night? What they're looking for in terms of. Uh, winning in broadcast ratings and other. Anyway, go ahead, Hedge. I didn't. Wasn't there a statement about they're trying to to see to test viewership? Like who, I, I know who it's something where, to do with but, that, but I'm not sure exactly yeah. what 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 the end game is. But I, I guess more more viewers is the end game. But I I, I don't Probably. know exactly the method. But uh, so so I you know look. As you know, Shaq, you, you, you've earned a first-round buy, although you're a little worried with Tyreek Hill, I'm sure, uh, with your fantasy juggernaut. And then, and then I I'm not did, worried. I did the right thing, obviously, and, and lost to, to the Dutch MOOC by 53 points, as anyone should in that situation. And, and, but I got into the playoffs anyway, uh, th- thanks, to, thanks to Jordan Love giving the STDs gonorrhea with that performance against Spaghetti's Giants. Um, but by the end of the late Dolphins collapse, I was just gassed from the from the weekend of football. Uh, like, <laughs> over, uh, from how like much- Max McGee in the third quarter of Super Bowl one. All right, let's yeah. get this over with already. Um, but uh, the dog, it's time. Let's and, go. And you, you know, the fatwa 
has been put on the cool cats. You mm. you have you you've been Salman Rushdie'd. If uh, if if the if Simmons wins our league, you're dead man walking. BS bone saw. That's what the BS report stands. What the BS stands for. He's intending to bow saw me, except for the fact that his blade is dull. He's never won anything in fantasy football. So why would I possibly be scared? As as you already mentioned, the dynasty of this fantasy league. Once again, where am I? With a buy, what else is new? I'm the juggernaut. Everyone should live in fear of Damashek, not the other way around. All right. Well, and by the here. way, by the way, that's true in all my fantasy leagues. All right. It's a dim point of pride for a man of my advanced age, but I have to take my victories where I can get them. And my 2023 fantasy football when, season was nice. When we do our market research, uh, we reach out to our fans and we go, hey, uh, uh, which... <laughs> Which bored you more when the guys talk about their fantasy football teams or when they talk about hockey? When, we uh, need a when, fantasy hockey league. When, That's uh, what we need. When, then we'll really be threading the needle. talks about the Penguins' third pairing on the blue line or when he talks about his Jameer Gibbs trade. I'm glad to have POJ back on the blue line there, back where he belongs. The kid's got talent, got wheels, can't teach that, that kind of speed. All right. All right, listen, let's get to it. We have a lot to kibitz about. I don't know if you've been paying attention to sports, but a lot of news emerged from the world of sports this week. So let's dig into it as we do every week, and then we'll give you some of our best plays going into this uh, sports weekend primarily focusing on football as we typically do at this time of the year. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesar's rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.org. Net, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP, Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support, Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117, New York, call 877-8-HOPE. NY or text hope NY. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8 SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hench, start us off. Goat and goat, it, ex- it examines the full range of greatness and, uh, and awfulness in the world of sports. Goat, greatest of all time, or goat, the one to blame more well, than anyone. Take it the, away. It's funny. My bad goat, arguably the greatest of all time, so he's being a bad goat. Is, is Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's weighed in on this. But I don't know. Spaghetti's too young to remember Emily Latella. She was a character that Gilda Radner did on Saturday Night Live. She'd come on Weekend Update. And she oh, would just yeah, go right. On the, she'd go on a tirade that she was completely wrong about. And then Jane Curtin would point out why she was wrong. And then her, her button was, never mind. And like, while Mahomes' head is exploding, I'm like, can someone grab an iPad and just show him where Tony was? Like, somebody stop this immediately by letting him know where Kadarius Tony was standing. And then he'll go, oh, never mind. Never mind. Which is what he did uh, uh, today or this morning or yesterday. He kind of like uh, uh, backed off of it. But what's hilarious about Mahomes. Okay? Let me just let me just say this, because the one thing I did think in that uh, in the um, uh, minutes immediately following uh, his blow up there included him going up to his pal who happens to be the starting quarterback for the team that uh, that just beat them and belly aching about it. It did strike me as I was sad that the conversation couldn't have gone on a little bit more because I would love to see the the humanity or lack thereof come out in Josh Allen. Like we'd be like, why are you talking to me about that? You think I give a you think I give a crap? This is great news for me. Or would he be that friend who when the guy just broke up with his girlfriend is complaining about how bad she is, how terrible she is. That's always the tough spot to be in as the pal to be like, yeah, she does suck because inevitably your pal's going to get back together with her. And then the stinks on you. I wonder if like Josh Allen had been like, yeah, that's called did suck. And these refs are terrible. If then Josh Allen gets fined for getting caught on a hot mic agreeing with the guy who he just beat in a football game. Instead, it all ended and he ran off the field and just gave me a laugh. But it really would have been funny to be like Mahomes to be like, Josh, what do you think? Do you agree with me or no? It would have been, it would have been. Yeah, she does suck, man. You're better off without her, dude. We can start hanging out more kind of. You remember, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to let Spaghetti know I'm about to swear so he knows where to flag it. But so as the Titans were trying desperately to not only give the games to the Dolphins, but have them cover the, the punt returner goes over to explain to Vrabel uh, his thinking on touching the ball in traffic at his own six yard line. And Vrabel just goes, I don't give a like, he's just like, you're in the wrong. I'm the coach and I'm really not interested in your explanation. So a good, a good Josh Allen, I don't give a on a hot mic to Patrick Mahomes while he's complaining about the call would have been nice. But Mahomes strikes me. See, my daughters don't get said no to a heck of a lot. Mm. So when they do get said no to, like, no, you just had Uba Tuba. You can't have Pinkberry. 
half an hour later, they're confused. They don't know what they're disoriented and confused. And then they start like wobbling like the the world doesn't make sense anymore. Dad just said no. And of course, this is what we've created in Mahomes. Mahomes has both his feet inbounds. He's trying to get a first down. And the Green Bay Packer delivers a medium shoulder-to-shoulder blow at the marker while Mahomes is inbounds. Hey, man, that's 15 yards. That's 15 yards. Why? It's Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't know if you know about the Patrick Mahomes rules. In fact, if you looked at the Justin Herbert two feet well out of bounds established on the white versus the Mahomes two feet on the green, no penalty for hitting Herbert, 15 yards for hitting Mahomes. In between those two hits is the Bengals AFC championship game hit on Mahomes in the green area where you could go, well, if that's not a penalty on Herbert, obviously you're not going to decide the AFC championship game on this hit at the sideline. It's like, well, you are if it's Patrick Mahomes. You're always going to. So Mahomes is like, his head is exploding because he's like, why are you, what's going on? I play all my playoff games at home and I get all the calls. Bradbury's going to get called for a penalty. I'm going to get 11 straight calls against the Bengals to get it. So now he's so disoriented. And this is how a child reacts when they get told no for the first time. And it's frankly embarrassing for the face of the league to go to have not just the histrionics uh, on the sideline with the line judge, and then to carry that onto the field with the guy who's suffered some some rough times against you, like uh, really a low. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best part that he that he just look. Josh Allen was like, "Are you are you talking to me, or is there somebody behind me that you're yeah. that you're belly aching to? I am not sad for you, Pat. Yeah, this um, is the uh, this is the great game, bro." <laughs> part of our relationship. <laughs> well, now the Bills are a factor in the AFC playoffs, so let's see if we can figure out where they're going, whether or not they're going to wind up in this mix. I've been talking about the sea of mediocrity in the NFL all season long, and here we are with, uh, what, two-thirds of the league now sitting at seven and six, it would appear. Um, yeah, I agree with you about Mahomes. I thought it, was, uh, it wasn't cold justice. It was sort of lukewarm because the week before – all the belly aching about the MVS non-call obscured completely the fact that there was a bogus, as you mentioned, hit on the sideline against Mahomes. And nobody even batted an eye about that because MVS obscured it all, like I say. But that was an equally atrocious call to throw hey, the flag you know, in that listen, one. You, you make a great point. And like, so they don't let us know this stuff. Like it's purposely vague, right? But I, I, I would like, like, I'd like to know the names of all seven officials, you know, what their duties are, what what quadrant they're responsible for. If you remember the non-late hit on Mahomes against the Packers, the guy standing right there doesn't call anything. There, there's a guy 14 inches from the hit. He keeps his powder dry because he's looking at Mahomes' feet. That flag comes flying in from a way, from somewhere else. Do you think my theory is that it was it was the deep side judge who threw the flag from 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 way downfield on that hit? Then um, Valentine, I think, was the corner is is just mugging uh, Valdez Scantling 
like he looked like Frank Drabin uh, frisking suspects in the naked gun. Like he's like he's he's frisking him for five seconds while the ball's in the air. And then and then there's no flag. And I'm like, I think it's the same guy who's primarily responsible for throwing that flag. And he's like, I know I effed up on the previous play. I have to I have to go the other way. And you're like, oh, you're not going to be happy when you see this replay. Because you're 0 for 2 now. You bl- If it's the same guy, which I wish we knew, they should have, in, in addition to the all 22, they should have the all 7 where you can see, yeah, this is good. The refs have a little camera I, on their hat. I, you can see what they're seeing. We have to figure out, listen, you make shows for a living, Hench. Let's figure out what this show is. I want a reality show about the referees. Let's, If we're going to do it, let's really do it. Enough with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and whoever the star, Jalen Hurts and whatever the stars are of football. Let's celebrate the true superstars, the referees. Let's really get into their personal lives and get to know them. What makes them tick? They're fascinating people. We all grow up wanting to be referees after all. Let's see how they got there how did they reach the pinnacle of of being a, a human being in the 21st century namely wearing a striped shirt and uh and judging other people you know it's it's really what uh what we all desire here's my beef with it my biggest issue with it or among at least what do you suppose is the psychology or sociology of the person who takes the social media otherwise to to announce they, they can't wait to agree with the officials. You know, they can't wait to be to school marm, to pile on that, to be right in, in the social media space. You're 50 50 chance you're going to be right in any back and forth. But you got to land on the right one of this and support and, and support the rule mongers out there. Here's what they love to do. Hey, that gets called every time. That's the problem. No, it doesn't. It does not. No call gets made every time. And the and the analyst, whether it's Romo or anyone else or the fan on the couch, they're like, well, well, they always make that call. So what do you complain? That's the issue that they don't make the call every time. We see all the time like, wow, that really was P.I. and they blew it. They didn't see it or always oh, tell really looks like it was on the line. Like they don't call it all the time. that. That's the, the core issue. And yet. There's a giant percentage of our football watching audience that just wants to be right so badly they want to agree with the with the lunch ladies in the striped jerseys throwing the yellow flags and ruining our fun. Right? Well, a couple thoughts. One, um, the the insane thing about that still picture of of to- where Tony is lined up is his the ball and his foot are at the plus forty nine. The back foot of the right tackle is once again at the minus 48. It's the the right tackle for the Chiefs is so this looks like um the 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 a, a different football league. Like you can just line up however the, so the true. tackles the 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 offensive line being shaped in a V, right? It, it it's like you have your center and then it goes in a V to your tackles so that your tackles are catching TJ Watt. You know, they're catching the pass rusher five yards deep. The whole point of having fast feet as a tackle is you've got to start backpedaling. Well, not if I start in the backfield. 
So that's one that never gets called. I mean, on opening night, they finally called one on the Chiefs right tackle, right and he's right back to where he was. Uh, and so, yeah, that picture of Tony being beyond the ball and the right tackle being three yards behind the ball. What are we doing? Well, wait, 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 wait. if we're being, if we're, if, if this is what we're doing, we're school marming every inch of the football field. Fine, then do it. Here's the inconsistency. What the hell is going on with that play clock? Every every centimeter must be evaluated and debated and sent off to New York City for guys sitting in a dark cave next to Aaron Rodgers evaluating whatever game. Oh, yeah. no, I think his toe is on. Oh, no, no, no. Undo that. All that. And, but, but the play clock is like, ah, close enough. I mean, what, what the, what, you see it sitting on zero sometimes. And they're like, yeah, it was close sometimes, enough. There are teams... It's insane. I mean, it. what do we do? They Either call it or don't call it. it. They snap it on zero every play. Like, how how precious is that extra hut? hut and then hut. and then the explanation from the officials, like, well, if it's egregious, then we will give a warning. But it was like, a, who's making that call? You you think you think I trust the octogenarians who blow calls sixty minutes at a time? constantly oh yeah but they're all over it they're, that that one's nuanced enough that i would probably alert the head coach before dropping the flag that's such app if you believe that jive i don't even know what to try to sell you that's craziness and, and, and you know what let's go all in how about this inconsistency why is the lambo leap allowed you're not allowed to have planned celebrations off the field or, or on the field all that kind of stuff why is the la- why are you allowed to jump into the thing and have a prop the, the the fans are props aren't they you're jumping up there sometimes packers plays even grab the beer out of the nearest fans hand and drink it or pour it on somebody that's using a prop in your celebration and you have planned it by definition how do i know because it has a name it's called the lambo leap it's been going on for 20 years why is that allowed then we well, have to crack down. We can't have the lawlessness. Thankfully, the uh, the No Fun League uh, has been bludgeoned into submission. I think it was the Salvation Army barrel, right? Where it was like, really? You guys are against the Salvation Army? They're like, oh, okay. You you guys can celebrate. That's okay. We which we're, we're well, yeah, we're but they are cracking down on when when uh what, what was it a decade ago now when a couple of head coaches saw fit a couple of uh, uh smart dressing fellas decide I'm going to wear a suit on the sideline and the NFL stepped in and cracked down like no no that gets in the way of our uh, attire partner Reebok or whoever and so so you you can't wear a suit unless it's a Reebok suit Reebok making the High end two button look, you know the 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 nice thin look. Just make a deal with Brooks Brothers. <laughs> what the like, what the hell? All right, listen. We well, have- okay, real quick because we're on the refs. Like, oh, we got to get to our good goat, but like, but on the issue of the refs, obviously, go back and listen to the banality of Draymond. I, I don't know, it was two weeks ago. Whenever I coined it, uh, he's at it again. So. You know, I think part of the reason there were so many people siding with the school marm on Kadarius is there do need to be like organizing principles of the game. Like, I mean, the basics of like where you line up and, you know, the the, the defensive end not being past the ball, the, the slot receiver not being past the ball. And I've been saying like Draymond has created his own, his own Draymond gray area where it's like, I get to do all these things and play this way because I'm Draymond. And then, you know, Jason Tatum doesn't have a history of accidentally kicking guys in the balls. 
Like, so this idea that Draymond's just, again, just Draymond swung around and clocked a guy in the head uh, accidentally. There's another accident for Draymond. The, the, the league's leading recidivist had another accident. Like, where are the 40-game suspensions? Where is the year-long suspension? Right. The guy is such a menace. And when you look at your schedule as a ref, you're like, oh, my God. I got Tuesday night. I got to do this. I got a Draymond game, you know. And if you're an opponent, you're like, I don't know. Is this is this the night my my face gets Rudy Tomjanovich? You know, like at least Kermit Washington, when he hit Tomjanovich, there was a fight had begun. There was everyone was in fight mode. Draymond gets out of bed in fight mode. Like, what's his road rage like? What's his you know? How many trips to the vet does that dog make? Like this guy is so out of control. And so, I mean, it's, I just, if, if you don't, these five game suspensions, like if you don't make it hurt, he's never going to change. He's going to keep playing his own sport. Like you have to have rules. And, and I don't know. I mean, it's funny. It'll be interesting to see what this suspension is. I hope it's significant. They're, he swung. First of all, they called it a backhand on ESPN. It's a forehand. He he hit him with a forehand to the head. Clearly intentional. You know how you know it's intentional? Because he's pissed that he's being fouled. So he's being fouled uh, by Nurkic, and he hits him as a result, as one does. When you, when, you, when you experience a common foul in the NBA, you hit the guy in the head. That's what a sane person does. So anyway, enough with Draymond. Well, I agree. And I, I to, to add to it a little bit, yeah, I think that's exactly right. On some level, it's what you want in life, is you want to be Steven Seagal in his, uh, in his seminal um, virgin pick above the law. You want to establish your own set of laws that only apply to you as long as they're in your favor. Um, you know, uh, Corolla goes on. Draymond Green hit Jordan Poole so hard, he landed in D.C., I mean, this guy. I like you. You forget entire episodes of Draymond. You just forget them. Like it's there's so many, um, including costing his team a title by getting suspended. In the well, that's what I was just gonna say. I really do wonder. Is you know, same thing goes in in you know making movies and TV. You know, Marlon Brando, famously or infamously, is treated with kid kid gloves by Coppola when they're making Apocalypse Now because he's uh, Marlon Brando, so he's allowed to misbehave himself. And if you watch that documentary, it's really, it's marvelous stuff. It, Hearts of Darkness is, is great stuff for many reasons. The movie is also great. Brando is a kook and won't go to the set and won't shoot and he has to meditate on it with Coppola and bounce off a of sheen and otherwise weeks on end. They're like, we got the whole crew here and this is costing us millions of dollars, fat man. Let's go. We got to shoot this scene, but they can't do it because it's Brando. And so he has to get in the right space and it goes on for weeks and weeks before they finally shoot. But end of the day, it's Marlon Brando. I worked on a show on Comedy Central, a faux reality show with Gary Busey, also a gigantic pain in the also doing the same stuff like Brando. Like, I need to talk about this for hours and hours. Gary it's a meaningless throwaway scene that we're kind of going to improv. Just make sure you hit this, these points like, all right, we got to talk about it for the next four hours in the trailer before we can ever shoot. And at some point, the network stepped in and was like, this ain't worth it. So is 
the bottom line, Draymond Green, is he Brando or is he Busey? Is he worth the trouble? And by the way, I'll extend that into a two-part question for you and say, is Kadarius Tony given the circumstance? There is no, uh, you know, Randy Moss stepping in at the 11th hour to fill that role for the Chiefs. They kind of need Kadarius Tony unless Rasheed Rice is uh, they're all the way in on that guy. They kind of need Kadarius Tony to get up to get back to where he was at the end of last season. Anyway, I throw all that to you for your consideration, Hench. Well, the Draymond, this is the answer is Draymond is worth it to the Warriors. That's what I mean. Is he? He is worth it to the Warriors, but why should the rest of us, the other teams in the league, the fans, the referees, why should all why should we all have to accommodate a lawless lunatic who doesn't play within the rules of society. Like it's, of course he helps the warriors. Like he's such a great post passer. He's a great defender. He's a a leader and a winner, but he constantly crosses these lines where they go. And you know what, Traymond, because this is your 15th offense. You're going to have to go a whole week before you cross these lines again. Like, it's like, so, so it's like, yes, he's worth it to the Warriors. It's like, it's like a guy who's allowed to cheat. Yeah. Hey, we, you know, we have a guy roided out of his mind batting third for us. That's great for you. Of course, it's great. It's great for the Warriors. I mean, I'm sure Steve Kerr would, would be delighted if he never had to talk to that guy again. I'm sure, you know, he's got money, he's got championships, and it, it just must, how much of his day must it take up? You know, like answering the league's phone calls, like, okay, I know I got to talk to Draymond, like really think Draymond's going to turn a corner soon. Like you can really, really, really figure it out. Um, So now listen, maybe silver should step in to your, to answer your question, to make it hurt a little bit for Draymond. Maybe they should make him wear a ponytail wig like Steven Seagal and above the law, because that would be embarrassing for him, at least. You know, <laughs> if he's going to be out on the court, at least shame him in that shame public forum. Uh, but back to Hearts of Darkness for a second. Spaghetti, oh, you got to watch this. Document. You haven't seen Apocalypse Now, Spaghetti? I have. You know what? I'm going to say he has seen that one. That's my guess. I have it on. It was on a like cable channel, but it was like forever ago. So I have, I should have to well, do a rewatch. My thank my dad on that one. The, it's watch the watch the movie and then watch the documentary. The the there's so many great parts of the documentary in that sequence where Brando is refusing to uh, go to work. Essentially, he there's also a scene where um, a, a lunatic Dennis Hopper is explaining to Coppola how he wants to play the scene and then like, Hey man, I'm just, what I'm thinking is I'm going to get in there, man. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to be in it, man. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the guy, man. And like Coppola just goes, please learn your lines, Dennis. Could you just please learn your lines instead of all this stuff you're doing instead of all the acid you're actually dropping here in the Philippines. And then the other incredible thing from that movie, um, the Filipino government, the military loans Coppola the helicopters for the ride of the Valkyrie Wagner Duval sequence, but they need him back that afternoon for their actual war. 
Like we can only get you a half day of helicopters because we're going to need them to shoot some missiles at some mercenaries like around 2.30. So if you can get your shot in the morning, I mean, it's so, that movie is great. And I would argue the documentary is even better. It really is. And by the way, Duvall, if it's unsatisfying to your ear, I kind of think you can make a powerful case, much as I do Joe Gibbs being the greatest head coach of the Super Bowl era, even if you don't like that, if that doesn't sound quite right to you. Duvall, in the span of a decade or so, is is in tender mercies and is playing that kook in Apocalypse Now, and he's playing Tom and the Godfather. And that's in like an, a 10-year window. That range is just wild if you've seen all those movies, Tender Mercies. You know what? That's another one that Eddie Spaghetti will love. It's about a, oh, speaking of which, I was about to say drunk. Martin Sheen is drunk, literally drunk in the hotel room when he's breaking his breaking the glass and making himself bleed. He really threw one on. Good times in the 70s, <laughs> making movies. Um, hey, uh, now I have one for you about a movie that I don't care for. And maybe Patrick Mahomes and Draymond Green don't understand the rules because sometimes the people who provide the rules and the ones we're supposed to look up to at the top of the mountain are themselves the jerks, the biggest creeps of them all. That's right, I'm saying it, especially this year in December of 2023. Rudolph is in my mind because you know what? They say... Think globally, act locally. Well, I'm talking locally. I'm from Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph should be under center for the Steelers. Did you see him again? Did you see Mitchell Trubisky against the Patriots? That's why Mason Rudolph should be in. End of that conversation. And if Mike Tomlin turns to you on the sideline for the Steelers fan in me, I hope Mason Rudolph doesn't do what Rudolph should have said to Santa back on Christmas night when he says, Mason Rudolph. Won't you guide my team tonight? Mason Rudolph should say, screw, you had your chance. You should have put me in. But no, you have to play Mitchell Trubisky over me. That's a slap in the face worse than getting hit in the side of the head by an orange helmet from a team named Browns. Now, Rudolph, I went back and watched it again. Is is my, is it, I, I felt responsible enough. I can't just throw out my Rudolph jag every year. I went back and watched it, and I was reminded once again, I I, I got some fresh, visceral uh, disgust for Santa Claus. Remember, Santa comes in. Rudolph is born in that movie, that TV movie, back in, I think, 64, whenever it was made. He walks in to the cave. Donner just got his new baby boy, baby boy, miracle baby. He talks, and he, he can fly. He's a reindeer. He's magic. But on top of it, the cherry on top is a big red nose, a literal cherry on top. And he comes in, he's like, oh, we can't let Santa see this nose because he'll never fly in the thing. Sure enough, he knows the fat man because then comes the fat man singing about himself. I am old Chris Kringle. Comes in and then I say, he's like, what's up with the nose, Donner? Better fix that or else you ain't going to be on my slate. Then he doubles down when they're playing their reindeer games and the little baby reindeers are learning to fly with their peer group Santa makes the scene and again lays into the kid and Donner and says, I thought we talked about this, Donner. I thought we told you you, you got to fix this or he's not going to be on my team or anything. Who is this slob? Shame on you, Santa. And then you have you have the gall as a man of justice. I like Christmas. Great. I'm glad the gifts got out that year. But if Rudolph had, it, it, you know what? It's a good thing that it wasn't Damashek the reindeer with the red nose. Cause you know what I would have said to Santa? Oh, you need me now? Now do you need me? Guess what? Screw 
You can explain it to the world why we didn't get the presents out. Ain't on me. I was ready to ride. But you had to turn your non-blinking nose up at me. Deal with it. And you know what? Put your head together with my with my uh, emotionally abusive old man. Maybe the two of you can cook up some scheme to save Christmas. Because I'm out. Now, Mason Rudolph, don't you do that if you have to go in and play against the Colts. Go beat your fellow backup Gardner Minshew. Let's get into these playoffs and make some hay. Wow. So much to unpack. First of all, chilling Mike Tomlin impression. That was incredible. That was unbelievable. I For a second, I thought you were playing live sound of Mike Tomlin when he told Mason Rudolph to go in. S- two. <laughs> two. Uh, this is going to be a nice segue. Um, Tomlin doesn't call the plays, obviously. He doesn't call the defense either, right? He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. I mean, it's, it's murky on the headset. He doesn't do anything. He, he he pats guys on top of the helmet. Now. So in my line of work. Oh, he's not uh, a cheerleader. He, when people uh, put that on him, that's nonsense, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, he's not, he's not quite a cheerleader, but if he, if he works a little harder, maybe he could be that effective. Okay. So. Mike Tomlin doesn't do anything. He, Mike Tomlin doesn't do anything on game day. That's established. Um, I I I love the fact that Spaghetti tells us we have a hard out today. Yeah. And Damashek writes a post-it note. Um, do my apocalypse now review, my hearts of darkness. You're the review. one who brought ah, you and, brought and up hearts Rudolph, of darkness. And my history of Rudolph review. Uh, because we we've got a hard out and these playoffs are coming up. So I got to get to, I get, I mean, everyone's thinking it Rudolph, come on. So, so, oh, he's got the same name as the, as the third string quarterback for the Steelers. It's just sitting right there. So I'm going to pivot back and I'm going to use Tomlin's game day. Look on the seventh day, Tomlin rests on the, on the only day that matters. <laughs> Tomlin does nothing. Great. What a job. Now in my line of work, I could say like, hey, man, it's tape night. Uh, I ran the show all week. Now I'm just going to have my coordinators decide if these scenes are good enough. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything on game day. But the guy, I can't believe I'm doing this. Good goat. If you told me in week 15 of this NFL season, Mike McCarthy is going to be my good goat, I'd have been like, you're out of your mind. That Can you guy imagine? Loved. Right. But I am... So this guy has won me over. So first of all, I agree with this. Good, good for him for just like, give me the laminate. Just give me the, pl- give me the play sheet. Give it. I'm going to take that responsibility. Like after it was taken away from him and these tenured yeah. coaches, the issue with Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll is wait, who's, who's on high telling me who I have to hire and what I need to do. No. And then the fan base goes, how dare you? Clearly, look at the mistakes you've made. It's like, okay, but I'm in charge, and that's how it's going to go, and we're not going to do it by committee going forward. And Mike McCarthy kind of got jammed by exactly that, by Jerry Jones. Like, hey, step aside. We got Kellen Moore. He's going he's gonna to take care of business, old man. And now he comes through clean on the other side. Hey, look who, look who does know what he's talking about. The guy who Aaron Rodgers was making fun of for holding him back eight or ten years ago. Where's Rodgers now? Look at where I am. I'm at the, the top of the NFC. And I, and I have to say, like, when you watch the Cowboys move the ball, like, they have some nice players, obviously. Sure. But it really seems like there's a, 
a scheme. Like there is an approach. Like, you know, it's like Jake Ferguson is open. Uh, you know, CD is 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 a plus plus player, but like Gallup and Cooks are nice players, you know. I think I think Pollard's, you know, very good, but like it's not Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Like it's not like, you know, Jake Browning could be good with these guys. And and so I think like he's scheming it up so well. He's creating so much open space for for guys like Ferguson and obviously the the uh, receivers uh, on the outside. So Looks Mike McCarthy gets relevant my, all of a sudden, yeah. right? Mike McCarthy gets my good goat for what he's doing in Dallas. But just real quick, just imagine if your appendix was about to burst, and the Texas Supreme Court said, "Yeah, no dice on that. Uh, no dice on getting that removed. Sorry, buddy." What? Well, I got to, my appendix is about to explode. Yeah, we don't, we're just against it politically. We don't think you should be able to get that. Like, well, I'm a citizen of the United States. It's a simple medical procedure. Yeah, we don't love it. We don't love it. You know, it's like, I, what do I, like, the world would crumble. The world would collapse if a dude was told you can't go get a medical procedure to to save your life or, re, or relieve your pain. Oh my God! You keep doing. It's what everybody start. says, but it is the the kind of the most straight line point. If it were guys doing it, would this be a discussion? Obviously, yeah. it wouldn't. Of be, course, not. of course. Okay, not. spaghetti, bring it on home here. Give us your goat and goat, and then we'll throw out a best better three and uh, and get out of here for the week. I'll just start with the negative one. Um, and and good for Shohei Otani. Good for the Dodgers. You're you know signing uh, a player. Oh my god! I can't believe we didn't talk about ten. It. Well, on. I'm glad you uh, didn't spoil, so I can get into it. And you, because I'm sure I have thoughts. Ten years, uh, seven hundred million dollars. Although in the state of California, it's taken you know basically half of that. So, but even better for the Dodgers of their deferring all this money. He's only getting paid two million dollars. Uh, a season up until I believe it's 2034 to 2043. They'll be paying him out there uh, with the remainder of that money. Um, I just like, I just don't think this should be allowed. I, I think this is not a kosher move where you're getting like the Oakland athletics payroll last year was like $45 million. The Dodgers are going to be paying $90 million in deferred money to guys like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts and Shohei um, when they're in their forties and beyond. And it's not even like a Bobby Bonilla situation where you're getting paid $1 million in retirement, uh, you know, for a bunch of seasons, like you're just circumventing the cap. And we saw this happen with uh, the lightning recently with like Kucherov getting hurt and people like got crazy over that. Deshaun Watson did that in his first same, same thing with Deshaun Watson. Um, And I, and, and you're already a big market team. You're already a team that's competitive. If you won a, a World Series, even though it was during the COVID year, um, and you're always in the thick of it. And like the fact that they're able to do that, it's like, why not just defer every contract? Why not just pay $1 million to all your nine starting players, $9 million payroll, and then everything else is deferred. And you could just sign whoever you want and build an all-star team. Uh, I don't know why this is allowed. I mean, obviously we know that MLB doesn't have a, uh, a salary cap in place as it is. And I just... I it's it makes me now want to root against them even more. I'm not a fan of this whatsoever. Um, it seems like the San Francisco Giants also had an identical offer. I'm not sure if they're going to do this whole circumventing the the not even cap because they don't have it. But like, I just don't know why there's no rule in place to stop this. If you're signing a player to that massive contract, you're trying to get a guy that eventually could pitch and bat for you. And he's probably worth the money. 
then you have to pay him that money immediately. Like that's how it works. Like you're putting all your eggs in that basket. You shouldn't be able to go. Well, we're not going to really pay that. We're going to still bring in more players. And you know, people want to bash the Yankees for their spending habits. And like this, they haven't done anything like close to this. This is a, a totally. What if they had though? Would you be okay with it then? I don't what like do you it for the sport. Then? I don't. I don't like it for the sport because the uh, baseball is dying. Base, baseball as it is is a regional sport. They're terrible with the social media. And they they pull every video. People can't have fun with this sport. And now you're like letting this happen. Um, I I think. Think baseball just keeps finding a way to dig a deeper grave for themselves. Let me so devil's damn a shacket just a second here. Hench, what do you think about this? In LA, everybody obviously did the did the math, and three minutes after the contract was announced, there was some percentage of people saying, hey, they could have paid him double and it still wouldn't have been enough because what he's going to do in terms of marketing and otherwise on the West Coast for the Dodgers specifically. I kind of buy that. I mean, like it wouldn't be worth it. For the Mets, as a for instance, to pay that level of loot if Otani isn't going to pitch. For the Dodgers, it almost is besides the point. You know, if he's out there slugging it, it'll be worth it because of what they'll get for it in terms of television. And and uh, I mean, they obviously lead the league in gate to begin with. But uh, am I right about that or no? Well, I'm with Spaghetti in that a sport that is just sort of committing suicide in terms of mm. Of interest now, so he's a he's a an interesting uh, player who's going to a huge market, but like teams need to be competitive. Like the, so now the now the Dodgers have a guy who won MVP for the Red Sox, a guy who won MVP for the Braves, and a guy who won MVP for the Angels. Those are their first three hitters. I think if they can get Aaron Judge to bat fourth, they they may be competitive. Um, it's so this particular transaction is like. Baseball has been trying and not succeeding to get to a more NFL model where there's some semblance of salary cap and and parity where you can go to a Royals game, you know, and think like my team might compete. But this is such a step away from that where it's like, I, I, I like spaghetti. I was like, I didn't know that you could say um, our offer is a trillion dollars. Five years after the global banking system collapses under the Putin or Bon Trump, it does seem worse. And like, I, what it seems worse than the Tampa Bay Lightning's kind of working away around the rules. This seems more like a bigger sort of ethical violation, yeah. right? If you're a GM, can you offer contracts that you personally won't have to? Offer? <laughs> That's you're right. like, yeah, I don't know. The next guy will have to pay that. It, uh, it's insane, and it and it's like I'm. I mean. I know Sheck and I are, tend to be on the side of like whatever puts more money in the player's bank account is good, but this one seems so out of whack and and such a bad precedent. Um, mm -hmm. it, it almost feels like uh, Sam Bankman freed, right? Like it, it feels yeah, like right. mm -hmm. you're like, what are you doing? Um, so he wants to play here and you want him to play here. And now you just have to come up with some theoretical number that makes it cool but it, it really seems like, a, a, I mean, a sport that is on fumes to go like we're going to just concentrate all the wealth and all the power um, yeah. in, in three places. Is but great. isn't that college football, too? I guess they've mm -hmm. addressed it to the extent that yeah, they're that's not going to 12 teams. Going great. 
That's another I, yeah, split I that's guess. great. And I, I understand that, like, this wasn't even the Dodgers' decision. I mean, I'm sure the Dodgers were so pleased with it. But, like, apparently this was Shohei's decision to to push the money back. But this still doesn't make it right. And, like, you know, hence you were kind of, like, saying that the darker side of it, like, where the current Dodgers front office, like, one of may not be around. Like, I don't want to get super morbid, but, like, you know, what happens if like Shohei or another player isn't in 20 years, like he's getting paid in 2043, this money, like what happens if like some tragic accident happens and he's passed away? Like, where does that money go? And like, it's just like, Oh, it's you over know, it's with weird. contracts it's done. Weird. It's a great question. You know where it goes? It goes to Bobby Bonilla. It's in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. That's weird. I know. And, and to be morbid towards Dodgers fans too. I mean, Shohei's 30 years old. Um, Tommy John on the horizon, not pitching this year. I mean, there is a path where this contract is absolutely terrible, where you're just overpaying for a DH who has a, you know, obviously he probably has, you know, five, six more great offensive seasons, but like sooner or later, they're going to be like, yeah, you're just done pitching. You're not going to pitch much longer. Now you're paying for a 700 million DH. So I don't know. Maybe well, like I, I say, I it's just like, it has to do with the, like that he'll be on the side of Dodger stadium for the next decade, you know, uh, you know, I, I would rather I would rather have Juan Soto. I I do not I do not believe that um you know we watched it last year like Shohei pitched that complete game and then just started breaking down. Like he mm-hmm. broke down immediately after that he threw a one hitter in Detroit and then mm-hmm. it was like he just cramping, he was cramping. We were like how is he doing this? You know, he's pitching and playing and then and then he just started cramping and then he and then he completely fell apart. So then if you're just talking about a bat, you'd rather have Juan Soto uh, for the next 10 years, I believe. Um, That's right. And, and I just don't the, – the pitching part is just such a crapshoot. And you can't – you know, like let's say you want him available for an October start. You can't send him out there every five days. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of have to coddle him and have him be able to get to 100 pitches in the playoffs. But, like, yeah, I think – uh, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, the part where you don't have to pay any of the money makes it a good baseball move. If you actually had to pay the money in our lifetimes, it would be a bad baseball move. I think that, that number, but, uh, it's so funny that in between the Soto acquisition and the Otani signing, the Red Sox got Tyler O'Neill and his 707 OPS from the Cardinals. And I'm like, yep, that's right where we are. That's right where we are. See, now this is allowed. This is what we're allowed to do. This is it's December and we're talking baseball season, but I can't bring up. uh, All right. You want to talk about baseball? Let me tell you the story of Willie Randolph ran. uh, uh, He's uh, Randolph sounds almost like Rudolph. So that allows me to tell this story now. No, I'm, I'm not going to die. I don't know. What are we talking baseball now? Okay, I get it. It makes We sense. could be talking about Warren Young scoring 40 goals on Lemieux's wing. Now you're just singing my song. All right, give us a best uh, bet and let's go home. Um, I'll quickly just give my good go on a oh, positive right, note, sorry. and then I'll give you my, my quick hockey best bets. Um, it has this one, I mean, the biggest story in, in NFL right now. Sean Stilato, agent extraordinaire of Tommy uh. DeVito. Um, you know, this has now reached the heights of like Lynn sanity, uh, in New York. And at first it was a funny story and now it's like, oh wow, this guy actually isn't miserable at quarterback. Um, but this, this agent, like 
30 custom suits wearing the fedora. Why does he wear the fedora? Because he says he idolizes Frank Sinatra and Rocky Balboa. Just a perfect answer. Uh, played football. <laughs> at, play, I mean, this is all true. Played football at Marist. My brother played. I uh, became an agent actually in 2005. So good for him that it's finally coming to fruition. Um, if you go on the guy's social media accounts, like if, when he's not on the field with his clients, he's like doing a charity event every single day. So he seems like a great dude. Um, so I, I mean, like, the day that Tommy DeVito signs with the Giants, gets the active roster, there's just no way he could have imagined that it would go to this amount, like this craziness level, like where he's on the page of every uh, the front page of ESPN and on newspapers in New York, where he's on the phone on the on the sideline next to his guy uh, getting kissed by Tommy DeVito's dad in the stands. Like it's just an awesome thing uh, to watch and to to see kind of unfold here. And uh, like it's just it, it weirdly makes this giant season, um, which was was pretty bad now you're almost like forgetting about how brutal it is because it's just a, like a heartwarming thing and every fan kind of can rally around it obviously you know a lot of italian americans in the new york uh, tri-state area so that's a great thing and the last really good bonus that i think in a way like will help tommy devito uh, and i'm not sure how much longer his career will you know be around but like when your agent's kind of taking the spotlight, it's almost helpful to him to he can kind of just focus on the football aspect. And a lot of people are now back in the Giants in this game versus the Saints, which I'm not sure about. But like, um, I, I just think it's like sometimes in sports, when there's a lot of negative stuff, it's good to just see a guy and just laugh. Like it is objectively funny, and so and good on you know Sean for for finally kind of breaking through and having a a major star client. So easy, good go uh, this week. No, it's a super fun story. It's hard to turn. Same thing as Belichick out there with Corso on the uh, pregame last Saturday. If you didn't enjoy that, didn't think that was nice stuff, then I don't know what to tell you. You're dead on the inside 10 times over. And now a quick break. Hench, give us a quick best bet and then go. All right. A few uh, NFL best bets. Obviously, listen to the 15 minute for those scores. Um, I like the Bears against the Browns money line. I think the Bears are freakishly good and they're going to keep it rolling against the Browns. I like a flawed Chiefs team against a terrible Patriots team to win by double digits. That one that one feels easy to me. Hmm. Um and and I I like the They're kind of rallying for the old man, though, on his way out. Like, don't you feel that vibe a little bit now? I, I, I don't. I don't know about that vibe. Um, I mean, that vibe is not going to overcome the personnel that he's put together. Uh, <laughs> so they're going to get roughed up. And and then uh, I like the Rams. Uh, you know, I loved them last week against the Ravens. Uh, you know, and and they covered, but didn't didn't win the game outright. Uh, I think they roll against the commanders and put up a big number there, win by double digits. All right. I like those plays there. And we'll say goodbye to you, Hench. Good luck in your first round of the fantasy playoffs, of course. Yeah. And as a reminder, the cool cats won't be playing this weekend because the cool cats are on a bye. Eddie Spaghetti, go ahead. Best bet. I'm going to go the NHL route here. Um, the Leafs just spanked my Rangers. Not the reason why I'm picking them. I'm picking them because they're playing the Blue Jackets, one of the worst teams in the league. I like the Leafs laying the goal and a half. It's minus 120. Um, the other one I like, too, this is a, a classic. Like, the coach gets fired. The guys are all around the new coach and get a win. Uh, St. Louis Blues just fired Craig Berube. I like them on the money line, minus 110. Uh, why, again, they're versus the Ottawa Centers, probably the second worst team in the NHL behind the uh, the Sharks there. So I think those are two easy bets uh, to win in the NHL. How I mean, how about Mikhail Granlin 
by based on how he did last spring, kind of lighten it up this year. How does that make any sense in the world that that would that the same human being could look so different? I'm, I'll stick with the puck. I do encourage you, Nade Demand, you go and watch and comment and share with your friends and all the rest of it. The 15 minute NFL pregame show we got Saturday and Sunday covered for you. Eight full games there. It was great stuff. Also, go back and listen to the podcast from earlier in the week that we did one with the boss, Greg Rosenthal from around the NFL. We kind of skimmed the surface of all the uh, the big stories going right now, including what's going on with that Chiefs offense, Belichick's future, Tomlin's future, all the rest of it. And then we had Neil Kulong on from Sports Illustrated. He laid out a pretty compelling case about why he thinks Tomlin is not going to be back in 2024 in Pittsburgh, and it may not even be by the Steelers' choice. It might be Mike Tomlin's choice to move along. So go back and listen to that. A quick bet for you there. Oh, and Eddie Spaghetti did waiver. You did waiver wired yesterday, Spaghetti? No, or coming, coming, up late, coming up later Wednesday. I'm sorry. Okay, also on Wednesday, there will be a new extra points with Sarah Tiana for you. Um, I'll just say this. I keep looking at the Hart Trophy standings. Connor McDavid, I just think they want to not give it to him, even though he's rising up. Based on the numbers, he has yet to catch up with Kucherov. Here's the thing with uh, Nikita Kucherov. No one wants to vote for him because he's a creepo. So no one wants to give it to him. I and, and, and I get the Hughes buzz and all of that. I say this. Maybe the team, when it's all said and done, that is going to be number one in the standings is the Colorado Avalanche. Look out for Kale McCarr. When he catches in terms of number of games, the league leader, he's going to be about five points back of the total league leader, and he's a defenseman. So watch this. Watch Kale McCarr. I think he's a good play there at now. I lost. Now, see, now well, I'll, I I'll he's fill 14 it. to one. I can fill. I mean, Connor McDavid. Definitely going to win the Norris. Connor McDavid, 23 points in his last nine games. Like he missed time. The team was struggling and he turned it on. And then that goal he had uh, announced about like a week ago. I mean, with this, his patience, the guy it, like it, it, he literally is Jesus. Like there's no one close to him. So, well, uh, I, I don't know if you want to say that in Christmas time, you might get a lightning bolt if you yeah. say he's literally Jesus. Anyway, listen, uh, Eddie Spaghetti, best to all the people under the roof there at the at the pasta holiday gathering. Um, make sure you check out Wavered Wire. Make sure you check out uh, the earlier episode of Minus Three. Make sure you're checking out on Friday at 4 p.m. on Twitter and or on YouTube earlier in the day. We will have the 15 minute pregame for you. We appreciate you checking it all out. Everything on the Extra Points Network is great. I think you'll be thankful that you did take the time to listen to it. We'll talk to you on the other side of the sports weekend to try and break it all down and make some sense for for you about it. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.